Chapter Nineteen of In the Mayor's Parlor by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Black Secrets and Red Tape. Before ever Brent dropped into the chair to which Hawthwaite silently pointed him, he knew that he was about to hear revelations. He was conscious of an atmosphere in that drab, sombre little room. Hawthwaite's glance at him as he entered was that of a man who bids another to prepare himself for news. Wellesley looked unusually stern and perplexed. "'Dr. Wellesley got me to send for you, Mr. Brent,' said the superintendent. "'He's got something to tell which he thinks you, as next of kin to our late mayor, ought to know.' Brent nodded and turned in silence to Wellesley. Wellesley, who had been staring moodily at the fireless grate, looked up, glancing from one man to the other. "'You understand, Mr. Brent, and you, Hawthwaite, that whatever I tell you is told in the very strictest confidence?' he said. "'As you say, Hawthwaite, I think it's something that you ought to know, both of you. But at present I don't know if there's anything in it. I mean anything that has real, practical relation to Wallingford's death or not. I am to speak in confidence?' "'To me, yes,' answered Brent promptly. "'It'll not go beyond me, doctor,' said Hawthwaite with a smile. "'I'm used to this job. Heard more secrets and private communications in my time than I can remember. I've clean forgotten most of them.' "'Very well,' agreed Wellesley. "'This is strictly private, then, at present. Now, to begin with, I suppose you have both heard—it's pretty well known through the town, I understand— that Mrs. Mallet has left her husband? Aye, replied Hawthwaite, I've heard that. Yes, said Brent, I too. I dare say you both gathered from the evidence of mine and of Mrs. Mallet's at the adjourned inquest that there was some mystery underlying her visit to me, continued Wellesley. Some secret, eh? Couldn't very well gather anything else, doctor, replied Hawthwaite. Evident. "'The fact of the case is,' said Wellesley suddenly, "'that wasn't the first visit Mrs. Mallet had paid to me, "'and to Wallingford, in that way. "'She'd been twice before during that week. "'On the first occasion she only saw me. "'On the second she and I saw Wallingford together "'in the mayor's parlour. "'On the third, the one we gave evidence about, "'she went to see Wallingford alone, "'but as she told you, she found he was engaged and came away.' The three men looked at each other. Hawthwaite voiced what two of the three were wondering. "'Some business which concerned all three of you, then, doctor,' he suggested. "'Business which deeply concerned her, and on which she came to consult me and Wallingford,' replied Wellesley. "'Now, I'll tell you straight out what it was. Mrs. Mallet had found out that there was some sort of an intrigue between her husband and Mrs. Saumarez.' For a moment a deep silence fell over the room. Brent felt his brows drawing together in a frown, the sort of frown that spreads over a man's face when he tries to think quickly and clearly over a problem unexpectedly presented to him. Hawthwaite folded his arms across his braided tunic, stared at the ceiling, and whistled softly. He was the first to speak. "'Uh-oh,' he said. "'Hm, so that's—' But she'd have some proof, doctor, for an assertion of that sort, not be her guesswork. I'm afraid there's no guesswork about it, said Wellesley. It's not a pleasant matter to discuss, but that's unavoidable now. 
This is what Mrs. Mallet told Wallingford and myself. Mrs. Mallet, as you know, is a downright, plain-spoken woman, with strong views of her own, and she's just the sort to go through with the thing. Some little time ago she found, evidently through Mallet's carelessness, a receipt for a very valuable diamond ring from a London jeweller, a lady's ring. This, of course, aroused her suspicions, and without saying anything to her husband, she determined to have his movements watched. She knew that Mallet was frequently going away for a day at a time, ostensibly on business connected with the bank, and she employed a private inquiry agent to watch him. This man followed Mallet from Hathelsborough to Clothford one morning, and from Clothford Station to the Royal County Hotel, where, in the lounge, he was joined by Mrs. Saumarez, who had been previously pointed out to the agent here in Hathelsborough, and who had evidently cycled over to Clothford. She and Mallet lunched at the Royal County in a private room, and spent the greater part of the afternoon there. The same thing occurred on two other occasions. So then Mrs. Mallet came to me and to Wallingford. "'Why to you?' demanded Brent. "'I think,' replied Wellesley, with a forced smile, "'she may have had a womanish feeling of revenge, "'knowing that Wallingford and myself had, "'well, both paid a good deal of attention to Mrs. Saumarez. "'But there were other reasons. "'Mrs. Mallet has few friends in the town. "'I was her medical attendant, "'and she and Wallingford frequently met each other "'on one or two committees. "'Mrs. Mallet took a good deal of interest in social affairs.' Anyway, she came and confided in us about this. "'I suppose you and Wallingford discussed it?' suggested Brent. "'Yes,' replied Wellesley, briefly, on the night before his death. "'Was that the reason of your saying at the inquest that there was no jealousy between you at the time of his death as regards Mrs. Saumarez?' "'Just so. There couldn't be any jealousy, could there, after what we'd heard?' "'You believed this, then?' We couldn't do anything else. The man whom Mrs. Mallet employed is a thoroughly dependable man. There's not the slightest doubt that Mrs. Saumarez secretly met Mallet and spent most of the afternoon with him, under the circumstances I mentioned, on three separate occasions. And that's the reason of Mrs. Mallet's sudden flight, if you call it so, is it, Doctor? asked Hawthwaite, who had been listening intently. That's the reason, yes, replied Wellesley. "'What's she going to do?' inquired Hawthwaite. "'Divorce?' "'She said something about a legal separation,' answered Wellesley. "'I suppose it will come to the other thing.' "'And how do you think this is related to Wallingford's murder?' asked Hawthwaite, with sudden directness. "'Let's be plain, doctor. Do you suspect Mallet?' Wellesley showed signs of indecision. "'I don't like to say that I do,' he replied at last. "'And yet I don't know.' I've rather wondered if there'd been any meeting between Mallet and Wallingford after Wallingford knew about this. I believe they did meet on business during the day. Now, to tell you the truth, Wallingford was much more, uh, shall we say, upset about this affair than I was. He was very much gone on Mrs. Saumarez. It struck me that he may have threatened Mallet with exposure, and exposure, of course, would mean a great deal to man in Mallet's position a bank manager and town trustee and so on and uh, but i really don't know what to think there's a thing i'd like to know said brent what do you think about the woman in the case you've had chances of knowing her wellesley gave his questioner a searching look 
"'I would rather not say, Mr. Brent,' he replied. "'Discoveries of this sort, substantiated, are, well, disconcerting. "'Besides, they tend to a revision of opinion. "'They're sidelights, unfortunate ones.' "'Look here,' said Brent. "'Were you greatly surprised?' "'Well, looking back,' responded Wellesley thoughtfully, "'perhaps not greatly. "'I think she's a bit of a mystery.' Brent turned to Hawthwaite. Hawthwaite, however, looked at the doctor. "'Well, doctor,' he said, "'I think you've done right to tell this. "'There's something in the suggestion "'that there may have been a fatal quarrel "'between Mallet and Wallingford. "'But I don't want to go into this at present. "'I'm full up otherwise. "'Leave it until this local government board inspection is over.' "'Why until then?' asked Wellesley. "'Why, because for anything we know to the contrary, "'something may come out at that which will dovetail into this,' replied Hawthwaite. "'The inspector is coming down at once. "'We'll leave this over till he's been. "'Look here. Has Mrs. Mallet let this out to anybody but you?' "'No, I'm sure of that,' answered Wellesley. "'It's been known in the town for some time, common knowledge, "'that she and Mallet weren't on good terms. "'But she assured me just before leaving "'that she hasn't mentioned the episodes I've detailed "'to any other person here than myself.' and, of course, Wallingford. "'And he's gone, poor fellow,' said Hawthwaite. "'And Mr. Brent and myself will be secret as to the grave he lies in. All right, doctor, just leave it to me.' When Wellesley had gone away, Hawthwaite turned to Brent. "'I don't believe for one moment that Mallet murdered your cousin,' he said. "'I'm not surprised about this other affair, but I don't think it's anything to do with what we're after.' "'No, that's on a side-track. "'But I'll tell you what, Mr. Brent, "'I shouldn't be astonished if I found out "'that Mallet knows who the murderer is.' "'I wish you'd tell me if you've any idea yourself "'who the murderer is,' exclaimed Brent. "'I'm wearying to get at something concrete.' "'Well, if you must have it, I have an idea,' "'answered the superintendent. "'It's a strong idea, too. I'm working at it. To tell you the truth, though nobody knows it but one or two of my trusted men, I've had a very clever man down from New Scotland Yard for the past fortnight. He went away yesterday, and he was of great assistance in unearthing certain facts. And I'm only waiting now for some expert evidence on a very important point which I can't get until next week in order to make a move. As soon as ever this local government board inspection's over, I'll make that move. "'And how do you think that inspection will turn out, Mr. Brent?' "'Don't know, can't say, no idea,' replied Brent. "'Nor have I,' remarked Hawthwaite. "'Candidly, I never expect much help from so-called public inquiries. "'There's too much officialism about them. "'Still, every little bit helps.' "'These conversations and the revelations which had transpired during their course "'led Brent into a new train of thought.' He had been well aware, ever since his coming to Hathelsborough, of an atmosphere of intrigue and mystery. Every development that occurred seemed to thicken it. Here again was more intrigue, centering in a domestic imbroglio. There was nothing much to be wondered at in it, he thought. Mallet was the sort of man to attract a certain type of woman, and from all Brent had heard in the town, a man given to adventure. Mrs. Saumarez was clearly a woman fond of men's society. Mrs. Mallet, on the other hand, was a straight-laced, hard sort, given to social work and the furtherance of movements in which her husband took no interest. 
The sequence of events seemed probable to Brent. First there had been Wellesley, then Wallingford, perhaps a cleverly contrived double affair with both. But during a recent period there had been this affair with Mallet, that from Wellesley's showing had come to Wallingford's ears. Brent knew his cousin sufficiently well to know that Wallingford would develop an ugly frame of mind on finding that he had been deceived. All sorts of things might well develop out of a sudden discovery. But had all this anything to do with Wallingford's murder? That, after all, was to him the main point. And so far he saw no obvious connection. He felt like a man who was presented with a mass of tangled cord, from which protrude a dozen loose ends. Which end to seize upon that, on being drawn out, would not reveal more knots and tangles, he did not know, for the very life of him. Perhaps, as Hawthwaite had remarked, it all helped, but as far as Brent could see, it was still difficult to lay hold of a continuous and unbroken line. It puzzled him, being still a stranger to the habits and customs of these people, to see that life in Hathelsborough went on, amidst all these alarums and excursions, very much as usual. He had already cultivated a habit of frequenting places of public resort, such as the smoking-room of his hotel, the big bar-room at Bull's, the rooms of the town club, to which he had without difficulty been duly elected a member on Tansley's nomination. At all these places he heard a great deal of gossip, but found no surprise shown at its subjects. Within a day or two, everybody who frequented these places knew that there had been a domestic upheaval at Mallet's, and had at least some idea of the true reason for it. But nobody showed any astonishment. Everybody, indeed, seemed to take it as a matter of course. Evidently it made no difference to Mallet himself, who was seen about the town just as usual, in his accustomed haunts and when Brent remarked on this seeming indifference to Epplewhite, whom he sometimes conversed with at the club, Epplewhite only laughed. "'If you knew this town and its people as well as I do, Mr. Brent,' he said, "'you'd know that things of this sort are viewed in a light that outsiders, perhaps, wouldn't view them in. The underhand affairs, the intrigues, the secret goings-on that exist here are multitudinous. Athelsborough folk have a fixed standard, do what you like as long as you don't get found out. Understand, sir? But in this case the thing seems to have been found out, remarked Brent. That, in the Hathelsborough mental economy, is the only mistake in it, replied Epplewhite dryly. It's the only thing that Mallet will get blamed for. Lord bless you, do you think he's the only man in the place that's had such an affair? But Hathelsborough folk, men and women, are past masters and mistresses at secrecy and deception. If you could take the top off this town and look deep down under it, ah, there would be something to see. But, as I dare say you're beginning to find out, that's no easy job. Will the top be lifted at this local government board inspection? asked Brent. Applewhite shook his head. I doubt it, sir, he answered. I doubt it very much. I've seen a bit too much of officialism, Mr. Brent, to cherish any hopes of it. I'll tell you what'll probably happen when this inspector comes. To start with, he's bound to be more or less in the hands of the officials. We know who they are, the three town trustees and the staff under them. Do you think they won't prepare their books and documents in such a fashion as to ensure getting a report in their favour? Of course! And what's to stop it? 
who's to interfere i suppose he will hear both sides of the question suggested brent who is there to put the other side of the question except on broad lines such as you've taken up in your monitor articles asked hepplewhite true the inspector can ask for information and for criticism and for any facts bearing on the subject but who'll come forward to give it can i can wellesley can any of our party not one in any satisfactory fashion we've nothing but impressions and suspicions to go on we haven't access to the books and papers the only man who could have done something was your cousin our late mayor and he's gone and talking about that mr brent there's a matter that i've been thinking a good deal about lately and i think it should be put to hawthwaite you know of course that your cousin and i were very friendly that came out in my evidence when the inquest was first opened well he used to tell me things about his investigation of these corporation finances and i happen to know that he kept his notes and figures about them in a certain memorandum book a thickish one with a stout red leather cover which he always carried about with him he'd have it on him or on his desk in the mayor's parlour where he met his death i'm certain now then where is that book that's highly important said brent i never heard of it it certainly wasn't on him and it wasn't on the desk for i examined that myself in company with the police well he had such a book and search should be made for it remarked epplewhite if it could have been produced at this inquiry some good might have come of it but as things are i see little hope of any change vested interests and old customs aren't upset in a day mr brent and brent was soon to discover that both tansley and epplewhite were correct in their prophecies about the investigation which he himself had so strenuously advocated in his articles the local government board inspector came he sat in the moot hall for two days in public he examined the ancient charters and deeds he questioned the town trustees he went through the books he invited criticism and objections and got nothing but a general statement of the policy of the reforming party from epplewhite as its leader that party said epplewhite objected to the old constitution as being outworn and wished for a more modern arrangement finally the inspector referring to the articles in the monitor which had led to the holding of the inquiry expressed a wish to see and question their writer brent stood up in the midst of a crowded court and confessed himself sole author of the articles in question why did you write them inquired the inspector from a sense of public duty replied brent but i understand that you are a stranger or a comparative stranger to the town suggested the inspector i am a burgess a resident and a property owner in the town i took up this work which i mean to see right through in succession to my cousin john wallingford late mayor of this borough who was murdered in this very hall said brent there are men here who know that he was working day and night to bring about the financial reforms which i advocate the inspector moved uneasily in his seat at the sound of the word which brent emphasized in reference to his cousin i am sure i sympathize with you mr brent he said i have been much grieved to hear of the late mayor's sad fate but you say you have voluntarily taken up his work did he leave you any facts figures statistics particulars to work on 
"'If he had known that I was going to take up his work, "'he would doubtless have left me plenty,' replied Brent. "'But he was murdered. "'He had such things, a certain notebook filled with his discoveries.' "'Where is that book?' inquired the inspector. "'Can it be produced?' "'It cannot,' said Brent. "'It was stolen when my cousin was killed.' The inspector hesitated, shuffling his papers. "'Then you have no figures, facts, anything, Mr. Brent?' he said presently. "'Nothing to support your newspaper articles?' "'Nothing of that sort,' answered Brent. "'My articles refer wholly to the general principle of the thing.' The inspector smiled. "'I'm afraid governments, national or municipal, aren't run on general principles, Mr. Brent,' he remarked. "'No,' said Brent. "'They seem to be run on the lack of them.' The official inquiry came to an end on that, amidst good-humoured laughter at Brent's apparently ingenuous retort. The inspector announced that he would issue his report in due course, and everybody knew what it would be. The good old ways, the time-honoured customs would have another lease of life. Once more, Simon Crood had come out on top. But as he was leaving the moot hall, Brent felt his arm touched and turned to see Hawthwaite. The superintendent gave him a knowing look. "'Tomorrow,' he whispered. "'Be prepared. All's done. All's ready.'" End of chapter 19